I'm Kristen Birdwell, and this is Sex, Drugs, and Soul. <laughs> Y'all have been resisting doing this episode. I just got back to Florida to spend some time with my boyfriend, and I have been, I started cleaning, of course. You know, that's like one of my telltale signs that I'm resisting something. I opt for cleaning instead of actually doing the thing or putting it off. I ran into a couple of travel delays, so I actually thought I'd have a full day to record and prep and all that stuff before Wednesdays or every other Wednesday, my episode launch date or and that was not the case because my I ran into like a flight delay slash almost cancellation and got here late. Um, but I got here right when I needed to be. And with that said, I thought it would be kind of a cool, quirky, fun episode to talk about some weird shit that I believe. And first things first, just in all fairness, I did do a lot of stuff to my frontal lobe before it was developed, meaning I did a lot of drugs before the age of 25. But then I didn't stop at age 25. I'm just saying I did it before my frontal lobe was fully developed. But who knows? Maybe that gave me some extra witchy powers. Um, I'm calling it weird shit, I believe, because I feel like it could come off as weird to other people. However, I don't find it to be weird. I think it's a, just a little more witchy or spiritual or intuitive. And these aren't really rational or logical justifications or things I've got listed here today to share with you. It's more intuitive and feeling based on some of my own personal experiences. And I'm leaning into embracing some of my witchiness. And like the last few weeks, I had a fear come up to the surface about a fear of looking crazy or appearing to be crazy to other people. And I'm like, was that mine or was that my my grandfather's? Like, I just found out he recently had, like, some shock treatments for, I think, depression or bipolar. Who knows? Um, but back in the day, and I was like, wow, is this, is this in my lineage or is it mine? Anyway, so that being said, just to say that I'm embracing my witchiness despite whatever fear and just releasing that shit. Um, yeah. And releasing the urge to beat myself up for the time lost or wasted because, you know, right where I need to be. Anyway, okay, so with all that said, let's dive in to my first one on the list. And there's going to be like three little short bulleted stories within here to to back up, to give you some um explanation or narrative or experience-based information that um, led me to believe this quote-unquote weird shit. Okay, so the first one is that God speaks to me through bugs. God, universe, source, hear me out. Every time that I have been in one of these situations with bugs, and I do not like bugs, (laughs) it leads me to something incredibly better. In the heart of what seems like an obstacle actually turns out to be an opportunity or a deliverance to something greater that I had not fathomed while in the heart of said bug situation or just turns out to be one of the greatest gifts or urges me to step into more of my power or essence, truth, 
vocalizing those things. Uh, so here's the first story. In January of uh, 2021, I took a trip to Costa Rica for my own version of eat, pray, love. I had just come out of a long, about four-year relationship. And I was like, I just want to go to the jungle, nourish myself, um, you know, eat healthy foods, go to yoga, be right in the midst of all this nature, the jungle, the ocean. I just was like hunky dory, that plane landed and I'm on this adventure. And I had rented an Airbnb for the duration of my stay, about four weeks, a little over four weeks, um, almost four to five weeks. And I, you know, I am loving it. I am like hanging out in the hammock. I am journaling. I am doing yoga. I'm waking up and hitting the mat at sunrise. Like my body is sinking just to rise with the sun and everything seems peaceful. Well, I don't know about day three or four, I'm at yoga and I get a little itchy (laughs) and I notice that I have some bites on me and I'm like, oh no. I usually check every single bed or mattress that I ever stay in. Like if I'm going for work, I'm getting my flashlight app, um, my flashlight out on my phone and I'm lifting mattresses. I'm making sure that I don't have damn bed bugs when I go anywhere or like that they don't have bed bugs and I get them from them. Well, I did not check my mattress in Costa Rica. So I get back And when I get out my flashlight, I want to vomit because there are all these like little crawlers. There's like things that looks like it's hatching. doesn't necessarily look like bed bugs, but it looks like fleas. And then I start to piece things together like, oh, like I had seen another listing on Airbnb with the same host. Looks like it's next door. They're outside doing a lot of laundry. They're like, you know, beating some mattresses, all that stuff. Don't think anything about it until I see these creepy crawlers on the mattress. And I cannot sleep, y'all. It's like I cannot sleep for like two, three hours. I try to fall asleep on the couch. I'm like, oh, my God, what if they're in here too? Um, But I reach out to Airbnb. And I kept repeating myself, like, as this was going on, I'm like, oh, my God, fleas. And then all of a sudden, of course, you know, like, my head starts to itch. I'm like, oh, is this phantom or is this real? And I'm, like, peeking in the mirror and making sure. I'm like, oh, my God, please. I'm like, I hope it's not lice. Do I have – what are these bugs? I'm in this foreign country. They don't have all of the medical, like, shit that I want to get rid of it. You know, is it more natural and all these things, right? But I reach out to Airbnb and I'm like, look at this. Send all these pictures and videos, want to vomit again. Um, and I'm like, look, I think this guy knew he had a problem. He had next door, the listing's down. I just like, you know, do things to support my case that I'm making. Um, and get this Airbnb, um, agreeing to reimburse me for the time I did not stay, uh, at that Airbnb. And I'm like, well, duh. And I'm like, and you should also pay the difference for, you know, a, a property for me to stay in. However, in that area, like they did not want me to go to another Airbnb so that, you know, in case I take to in case I happen to take any of those little creepy crawlers with me, they, they suggested that I look into a hotel. Well, I send them this hotel and they end up paying the difference for it. 
and it delivers me to a beautiful bed and breakfast, like so quaint, had like lovely interactions there, um, right on the water. And so that's, um, and like to back up a little bit in the heart of this also, I kept repeating to myself, like in between FaceTime calls with my mom and like, (laughs) and like panicking, I told her, or I would repeat to myself, it's like, I, all things work out for good. All things work out for good. Even if I can't see it in this moment, all things work out for good. Even if I can't see it in this moment while I'm being bitten by all these bugs and, you know getting some paranoia induced things when the bathroom and stuff. <laughs> I mean, like literally I would like go into the mirror and like check my scalp to see if I would see it like little bug flitter across. Um, the point being that in the heart of all that bug situation, I was delivered to a place right on the ocean that ended up being 10 times better of a stay. It was closer to food and restaurants and yoga. It was, I met some really amazing and interesting people. They ended up reading my book. We had powerful conversations. Um, I ended up doing a lot of my edits on my book at that place and like had lovely hammocks and pools and just all this kind of incredible things that the Airbnb did not have. So that was, that's the first kind of scenario that I had with the bug situation that led me on my journey to believe that God talks to me through bugs. (laughs) And so number two, let's just dive into number two in January. Oh, interesting. January, both times in January of 2023, this year, I move into this awesome apartment on the east side. It's walking distance from Whole Foods, from bars, from restaurants, from yoga. It's a one bedroom with a den. So I had like planned out that I'm like, this is going to be my healing, uh, writing, zen space. And then I have this other like beautiful big area to do whatever I want. Um, But I would have like a dedicated healing, writing, zen space. And I would have, you know, plethora of opportunities to meet people, um, find community, walk to places, indulge. (laughs) Well, I moved in and I get everything in there from my old apartment. And like, I'm already, I'm the type of mover where I like to move in and get shit done. Like I want to be settled and have everything in its place soon. I don't want to wait for that. And I had a work event coming up a few days after my move-in date. So, I mean, like my bed was delivered and set up. I had ordered this beautiful new bed from like CB2. I um, had a friend come over and do and mount the TV on a wall. I It was like pretty much unpacked. And then I take a nice relaxing bath that evening to settle into the apartment. And I'm like so excited, right? It was also an investment. It was an expensive place. It was luxury building, might I add. <laughs> One that should not have a roach infestation. I was taking my bath and I was like so relaxed. I had Epsom salts and candles that I had just bought because I was going to make this like my sensory oasis. Well, 
I'm in that bathtub and I, my eyes kind of, I'm like, I have to blink them open two or three times. So I'm like, please tell me that it's not a roach, little baby looking roach, not the fat ones. It, like, I don't mind seeing one of those every now and then. Granted, I don't like seeing any of them. I'm not a bug gal, <laughs> but the little tiny ones, mm, <laughs> those are like super, super on level of bugs that get on my nerves or irritate me. That's going to be like probably top at the list. They can get into all your things and food and like, okay, (laughs) well, I'm in the bathtub and I see one grow up the wall and I'm like, okay, okay, we'll just take care of this. And then I go into the kitchen. I I like hop out. I'm like, I can't take a bath anymore. And it seems that the roaches have come alive because they're coming out from the cupboards, they're coming out from under behind the the oven and the frit, you know, like the little cracks in between, like really nice granite countertops and drawers and the little space between the little oven. There's like a tiny little space coming out of there. And I lose my appetite. I'm pretty sure I have to take a Xanax to even like try to get some sleep. I'm like, how am I gonna sleep in this? I'm like, I'm formulating my plan to move out of this place and I'm not, haven't even been here for a night. And I create like this, like essential oil barrier at the, into the bedroom that I was, was going to try to sleep in. Um, like I've laid down a towel and like wrapped it and dotted it with like this essential oil mist thing that I created. And so I'm like, what, what oils do bugs not like? So I was like, I don't really want to go get bug spray and spray all that and then sleep in all those chemicals. But I did get some spray the next day and like spray the shit out of everything. And I traipsed downstairs and I'm like, okay. And with all this being said, like I kind of knew also too that I was going to be going on tour with BMW. And so I was like, well, it's not the best situation, but I'll keep my place while I go on tour. Um, Even though I would really have liked to bankroll all that money. While I go downstairs the next day, I was like, this is affecting my sleep. I look up some Google reviews. Turns out they knew they had a problem. When I moved in, there was even a review with my exact unit number. And I was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. So they were switching management, not to give that any leeway, but somebody dropped the ball either in the handoff or the receiving end. I don't know. <laughs> but they're like, you know, your your home should be your haven. You shouldn't have to take Xanax to sleep. You should feel peaceful and at ease at home. And I was like, I do not. And so I decided then that I would move out. And so I ended up moving all the things minus I left my, my couch and I left the, the stand on the wall that the TV had already been mounted to. Cause I was like, I just need to get in and out. And on my way, a friend came over to help me move my bed. Um, so we moved all this stuff back to my old studio apartment. Cause luckily I did, I had not, um, vacated that apartment apartment entirely yet. I still had a couple more days, but I was on a time crunch because I had to leave for a work event. So I was like, ah, do I get another apartment? Do I put my stuff in storage? I ended up deciding to put my stuff in storage because I did go on tour for four and a half months and I was able to bankroll and save all this money instead of spend like thousands of dollars on this apartment every month while I was gone. And I, on tour, met a lovely gentleman and am now most likely moving to Florida Um my stuff is still in storage in Austin. I don't remember what I'm saying. Like if I had had that apartment, I would have been delayed a little bit probably, or I just feel like it worked out in my highest and best good. 
because I will also say that like being there in that very, that one and only night, it was like a Saturday night. People were coming home late at like two or 3 a.m. And I was like, okay, no, maybe this does also show me that I really do like my nature peaceful zen vibes because I'm not a drinker really anymore. I haven't had a drink in a couple months. Um, I've just really shifted my relationship with alcohol. And so like for me to have been in that place, it might not have been in my highest and best interest. So it delivered me to something greater. This relationship is, um, it's easier to facilitate its um, growth and progress and, you know, move in more rapidly if that's what we decide because I don't have this other place and I'm locked into a lease. It's just been like a little bit more of a hurdle. So it delivered me to a good, a good spot. And that's another one of those times where with the roaches, I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm like Googling spiritual significance of roaches or like meaning of roaches. (laughs) And you know, roaches persevere guys. (laughs) They persevere. Um, I'm actually curious, like what it says now. I don't remember exactly what it says. Meaning of roaches. Let's see. Spiritual meaning of roaches. Let's see what comes up. Cockroach symbolism. (laughs) This is too funny. They just are gross to me. Um, Yeah, it's saying like, while one thinks about animal spirits, particularly those who guide and offer wisdom, a cockroach does not jump to the forefront of one's mind. Ain't that the truth? It is perhaps one of the most disliked insects in the world. But They are survivors and creatures of darkness. Oh, they're hitchhikers. (laughs) Um, They symbolize community. Yeah, Mm, interesting. Um, So that's just like a little funny note, but it delivered me to something greater. That's what I like to believe. This is the meaning and narrative that I'm assigning to these situations, okay? Plus, I just thought this would be a fun and like kind of cool episode. Okay, well, the third little experience story. This happened while I was on tour and led to my insight of God, universe, source speaking to me through bugs. There was a situation at work where I really needed to vocalize my thoughts and stance on how some other people were being treated. And I really think that it just progressed or escalated, um, speaking up for ourselves, our conditions, how they were being treated, like or where we were sleeping and stuff, it just raised it. It just brought it to the forefront a little quicker. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so I got like a spider bite on my arm. I got a spider bite on my nose. And I'm like, what the heck could this mean? And I really felt like I had spotty sense during the time where I got bit by the spider and it was on my nose. It felt like I could see the inner workings of things or see like the motivations or intentions of certain people. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, this is, wasn't very pretty, some of what I saw. But it um, heightened my sensitivity to be to the point where I had no choice to but to be able to speak up and say something. So it led me to stepping in to ownership and also um, taking my own personal accountability in certain situations and also being like, hey, this isn't right, like speaking my truth. Um, it, my discomfort, it led me on that path through the journey of discomfort and bug bites. (laughs) That's what I can say without giving too much detail away because it was like a confidential conversation too. Um, But yeah, so that 
three instances within the last couple of years of how source, God, universe, source, Gus calls and speaks to me through bugs. So now when I see bugs, I'm like, oh, what are you trying to tell me? Like even when I was just in Sedona, I'm like looking up symbolism of spiders again because there was a spider in the bathtub and for the first I'm like I put that little bad boy on a little paper took him outside instead of just like squish squish you know what I mean although the roaches I can't I just can't (laughs) okay so that's some of the instances where bugs have delivered me to something greater um led me to a instance where I stepped into speaking my truth um, lend to a greater opportunity and uh, connection through the lens or uh, temporary obstacle. And sometimes in the heart of those obstacles, it's hard to see or fathom what opportunity could lie just ahead. And maybe it's just like that little switch in perspective that helps get there and a little bit of trust. It's like, okay, I'm in this like disruptive situation that I don't really want to be in. It's not the most peaceful but if I can trust that it is working out for my highest and best good, it will work out for my highest and best good. That also makes me think of like a little note on attention and intention. Like wherever we put our focus, energy, and attention seems to expand. So if I'm directing my attention, like point in case, like with um, the living situation here with my boyfriend, I could put my energy, focus, and attention on the fact that it's hot and humid as hell in Florida. (laughs) I could put it on the fact that there's dog hair everywhere, or I could put it on the fact that he's very supportive and cooks and very nurturing and we get along. And whatever I tend to focus on is going to expand my experience of it. Um, And so if I redirect and put my attention on the deliverance of something good in the heart of that trial... I think that that will eventually rain. Okay. Another weird thing that I believe that I have experienced that doesn't really make sense logically, or maybe there's some like study or something to support it. I just haven't found it or done the research yet. Um, That sensual touch can be like mushrooms. And by that, I mean, can induce an altered state of consciousness because Whenever we created the sensory deprivation cave, which was basically like blacking out the curtains, no phones, um, what else did we do? No time, no sense of time. Um, we yeah, dark chambers, no, we didn't really have any music or anything. Just touch for a while. It induced like a state of consciousness where I really felt like I was on mushrooms for a bit. Um, I also was, I freaked the fuck out or I wanted to run (laughs) because I was scared. Fear kicked in. Okay. Um, I was like, when am I going to allow this great thing that I've been wanting? Um, but in this altered state of consciousness, I was like receiving intuitive insights and downloads. And it like seemed like every, um, yeah, I just got there through this sensual touch, like probably like 30 to 45 minutes of just sensual massage. And that's what I feel like led to this altered state of consciousness or deep presence or whatever you want to call it. And I've had several experiences in group settings too, where there's like a lot of breath, sound, and movement. 
um, and sacred like touch that induces these altered state of consciousness where I feel like I get intuitive insights or downloads. And like one was where we were doing this like belly to belly meditation where it's like you're breathing and um, inhaling and exhaling together and you're sounding on the exhale. And um, then you, then I think in the belly to belly, we uh, revealed or divulged some piece of information that we normally wouldn't share with someone or we hadn't shared with someone. And um, it was very profound and, or like, it was like, describe your inner state at that time. And I remember mine feeling like a warm campfire underneath the, you know, the shooting underneath a vast sky. Um, and so it just very much one speaks to, to me, the power of how healing sensual touch can be, especially infused with that intention of healing or love, um, oneness, and I don't think that it really has to do so much with technique and more of the intention that you're infusing while you're massaging or touching someone. Um, and it isn't usually for personal gain. It's like infusing love into this other being and like seeing their body as the sacred temple and vessel that they're sharing with you. Like how beautiful and vulnerable is that? Um, and so maybe those things combined together helps sensual touch be like mushrooms and maybe this maybe I'll do some more experimenting with this maybe I'll have like another sacred touch session and then circle back Um, because I'm really having a harder time putting into words exactly how I felt and maybe that's kind of like a lot of psychedelic or altered states of consciousness um states (laughs) Um, that it's hard to assign the language to that felt experience. Hmm. Anyway, so moving on, we'll talk a little bit about my next one. And this one doesn't is definitely not as weird to me as the universe speaking to me through bugs. But I, I just definitely believe in aliens, guys, and ETs. And with some, I guess, some congressional hearings of weeks past, recent weeks past, and things that have come to light. It seems like a little bit of disclosure is happening. I don't know if y'all are paying attention to it, but, um, yeah, I have had a couple of instances where both sober and psychedelic enhanced, (laughs) where I feel like I've had encounters with these ETs. And one of them was in Terlingua. And this was like just a cool freaking story where I was, we had gone and, you know, done this like a little bit of a mushroom journey, but I had gone to sleep and woken up in the middle of the night. And when I woke up in the middle of the night, it kind of felt like someone was in our little teepee thing um, or around it. And so at first I had a little sense of fear, but I relaxed and eased. Um, There were two other ladies with me, which interestingly enough, both reported later on that they had felt like somebody or had woken up in the middle of the night and felt some kind of essence or thought somebody was outside too. But I felt like this warm, like this warm, warm sensation on my back and like a super, super warm presence. And it felt like I was uh, telepathically communicating with this being or entity. And I had just read a book on Palladian. So who knows if I'd like planted a seed um, or got my subconscious working in this manner. 
Uh, but I felt like I was intuitive, intuitively connecting with this being from another dimension or planet. Not sure. <laughs> um, and, but I was like, what, you know, message do you have for me? And, and it was really about all love, like spread love, be love. It's all about love. And it sounds so cliche, but I was like, what can I call you? Felt like an old friend that I was communicating with. And he's like, you can call me Al. And I think I've mentioned this story before once or twice, but um, the next day on the drive home back to Austin, I was like really doubting my uh, experience. And I was like, okay, God, give me a sign in some way that is undeniable about this experience or encounter that I had. And I put Yacht Rock on shuffle or something. And what came up was the song, You Can Call Me Al. And I felt like that was like very synchronistic. Like that was the synchronicity that I could not explain or assign logically. But it was like that. Will, okay. I get, okay. Hi, Al. We had a connection. Maybe we can connect again in the future. Who knows? Maybe it's starting to channel something um, or channel some master who I can call Al. <laughs> Who seems like just like a friend and give me messages for you guys. Who knows? I don't know. I told you I'm leaning into this witchiness and this part of me. Um, another one was the shooting star experience that I had in Costa Rica, completely sober. Um, and I just feel like there it's, I mean, it could have been a shooting star, but the timing of it was very, very, um, strange and kooky or just like right on the money for it to have been a shooting star. Well, if you haven't seen Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind with Dr. Stephen Greer and what he calls like the CE5 contact method of connecting with ETs, then I highly, highly recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime. I may even rewatch it again, but he has a way of connecting with these beings through consciousness. It's like a meditative state. And, um, you kind of zoom in and zoom out under your location. And I had done all these steps and I'd also thought if it's safe for you to show me, I would love to see and witness your presence. And then I had done that. And then like, I was walking on the beach with this guy a little bit after that, like, look, we had, I think paused, done the meditation or just like we were taking in like the nature and sights and everything. And then we started walking and I had expressed to him that I wanted to see a shooting star. He's like, you know, the best way to see a shooting star, right? I was like, no, tell me. <laughs> and all your wisdom. <laughs> He's like, count backwards from 50. And um, so we start counting backwards. We're like, get down. You know, it's like 10, 9, 8. And we're like, 3, 2, 1. And then something zips across the sky, like little white beam of light. Um, and I'm like, no way. We explode. We're like, that is crazy. Like that is, how does that happen? You know, it's moments like that. that I'm like, okay, am I in a matrix? <laughs> um, or was that a shooting star or was that a ET that was showing me their presence synced up with play and connecting it with like the shooting star countdown? I don't know. You tell me. We'll just leave it at that and let you decide. I know what it was for me. Um, and then let's see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
ooh, I don't know where this quote came up, but I put it here. It says, we are technologically more advanced than our consciousness supports like toddlers with a firework. Likely someone should intervene at some point. I don't know where or what I put that on my notes, where that came up from. Um, but I'll leave you with the most recent uh, Sedona experience and wrap up this conversation for the, or this episode because I need to get it out <laughs> on this hump day. Okay. So this past, like a week ago, I was in Sedona with Tamina. We had booked a UFO tour and stargazing tour, and she had given us these military grade night vision goggles, which were so freaking cool. I'm like, can I get a pair of these? Because, and so we were pointing at things that were, um, that she pointed out, um, in the sky that were, um, she pointed out planes and you could distinctly tell like what was a plane, what was a military plane, um, with its light and everything. And then she would point out some with a laser pointer below it. Cause you're not supposed to point the laser pointer at things. It could be like a $10,000 fine or something. I believe somebody actually like pointed one at a pilot once and, uh, crashed a plane or killed them or something like that. Went, I, I don't know. Something happened where there is a law now where you can't point those laser pointers at flying objects. Well, we would, they would point it below. So we would know to look above and um, there were a couple of instances where they pointed at these little things flying across the sky. And like, guys, there were so many of them flying across the sky that were not an airplane with like little blinkies. <laughs> um, and once she's like, sometimes our brothers in the sky will beam up their ships as like a high five or like saying hi because they love that, you know, we're exploring or connecting in this way um, and enhancing like the friendly friendliness or friendly connection of skies. Oh, anyway, she points to this ship or her daughter points to this ship. And, um, so we look above and it literally gets brighter and then dims, gets brighter and then dims and not like a blinking flashing light, but like the whole, um, what looks like a traveling star or something mm, object flying in the sky beams up and then dims. And so we're like, Whoa, I'm like, that's really freaking cool. In all fairness, she seemed a little kooky and had some like really interesting things. And I am not the alien expert, <laughs> um, but it was a really cool experience to see that too. Also incredibly entirely sober. Um, so yeah, that's what I've got for you today, guys. I um, Those are things that are more of like messengers or, you know, trusting my intuition. It's not necessarily logical or rational. I'd love to hear what you think though. I'd love to also... Have you follow my podcast because that's an awesome way to support this endeavor. Um, you can follow on Spotify, Apple. You can also sign up for my inner circle. You could always buy my book or listen to my book, Sex, Drugs, and Soul. Um, and also, I just really want to say thank you for following me on this journey as I grow and expand this platform and just share my truth in this manner. And I will be back in a couple of weeks. I've got a couple of episodes lined up with some creatives, um, a sex worker, and who else do I have lined up? Oh, like an embodiment expert coach. So some fun things in the works. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Talk soon. Love you. Bye.